Hey everybody, this is Patrick from the Poison Pen Bookstore in Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, it is always a treat to have our friend James Patterson back with us uh, to discuss. This time he's going to be discussing numerous projects, especially his brand new book, Holmes, Marple, and Poe, which we understand is the beginning of a new series, which is great. And um, if you have questions for Mr. Patterson, go ahead and type them into the comments field. And Barbara will bring me on screen towards, well, we're going to be a little bit earlier this evening, but probably in what, a half hour or so? And yeah. I'd be happy to, happy to ask any of your questions. So Barbara, over to you. Thank you very much. Wishing everybody a very happy new year. Let me say that Jim has very kindly signed book plates for our copies. So um, if you want to order one, we can provide you with a signed book plate. So Jim, you're where? In New York, in Florida, where are you? In New York. In New York, we did a, a little TV uh, yeah, today. I'm going to do a little bit tomorrow and then back to Florida. Yeah. Well, after my experience in Boston yesterday, I can see why you're in Florida in the winter. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, we got a lot of, we got a sleet here yesterday, pretty uh, Saturday and Sunday. You know, so. Indeed. So a few words about Mr. Patterson, not that anybody watching this probably needs them, but too many books. Yeah. is the most popular storyteller of our time, a creator of many unforgettable characters in the series, including Alex Cross, The Women's Murder Club, Jane Effing Smith, Maximum Ride, which is for young adults, and Princess Diana, as well as military heroes, police officers, and ER nurses. He's also co-authored best-selling novels with Dolly Parton and... I remember we had the privilege of debuting his book with Bill Clinton and Lee Child, if I remember, joined us to host that. Yeah, project. that's right. That was great. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was Lee wonderful. actually went on the road with us. He, he did it. We did it. I think in Washington, D.C. Lee came, came in, which was terrific. Yeah, he was, um, great. He was great. Well, yes, he's a sensational host. I wish that he would come back and do more. Anyway, yeah, um, but it's, uh, it's interesting to a little, little switch, a little uh, late life switch there for him. You know, he always told me he was going to retire, and I never believed him because I don't think that authors actually retire, but by God, he really... Get retired. <laughs> oh, no, so, yeah. Jim, what's going on? Or Lee. Anyway, um, Jim has also received an Edgar Award, which is the prestigious award for the Mystery Writers of America, nine Emmy Awards, the Literary Award for the National Book Foundation. Ten, ten, ten Emmys. Ten? Another one, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, the biography I'm reading from. Okay. Yeah, I know. Did well, the, the PR people aren't very good. <laughs> and the National Humanities Medal. And I want to say thank you to Jim for all the wonderful support that he does for independent bookstores. I can't remember how many years it's been since you started that, Jim, but I remember how thrilled we were that the Poison Pen was among your first round of recipients. Yeah. Well, one of the fun things there in April, uh, I have a book coming out as a comedic title, The Secret Lives of Booksellers and Librarians. Right. And it's really it's it's really fun and, and people will get a real feeling for bookstores and how hard you all work and also how funny you are and the stories that that, that come out of uh both 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 running bookstores or working in bookstores and, and in libraries. But it's, it's it's a really fun uh uh look at and it, that series of books which includes, you know, uh Walk in My Combat Boots and ER Nurses the whole spirit of that is that when you finish, you'll understand something that you thought you understood but didn't. Uh, and in this case, you really will understand that bookstore that you go and visit and, and the libraries that you should visit probably more than you do. So, um, 
serious concepts. Obviously, I know that you are deeply engaged with everything that comes out under your name. Um, but sometimes, I, who who presents some of these ideas to you? I mean, do they come from co-authors or their ideas? You have me, and right? you There's pick no No, it's all me. I, I mean, not to not to pat myself on the back too much. But yeah, no, I you know it's a sickness. I just um, uh, I, I was just with actually I was at Little Brown today, and I, I, there's just so many ideas that I have, and I say everyone. There was one uh, Mike Ledwich. Uh, there was one that he that he came up with, but but it's it's rare, and and I and I, I think I've told you I have this pile of of you know things in my office ideas, and it just there must be a, a thousand ideas in there for books. So if somebody wants one, well, think of your own <laughs> idea. Huh? Shop, giving right? them one. Yeah. No, but it is, it's, it's, it's a crazy thing. Well, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, I went out to Hollywood. I mentioned this on TV today and uh, uh, I, I told them about this Holmes Marple and Poe. And I said, you should just, I said, you just buy this, you should buy it on a title. And they did. <laughs> um, and same with whoever's watching and listening. And by the way, if like, if you don't read that much of my stuff, this is a good, good one to play with because it's not terribly violent. It's, it's clever and interesting. The writing I think is, is, is pretty good, but this is the kind of idea I'll, I'll have, you know, like, or here's Alex Cross and Alex Cross is out in the world and he's a good detective and, and, uh, and, and that drives that series. In this case, You've got Holmes, Marple, and Poe, and all of their. So Holmes is it has that deductive reasoning approach, and and uh, uh, Marple is is just this wonderful observer of things, and she picks up these little uh, tidbits, and then Poe is just sort of crazy and aggressive, and will try anything. And uh, so as a team, uh, uh, it, it's really fun to read about and write about. I think. I like, I like the scene where you, you know, where you begin the book, where there's a, an old kind of disastrous building. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And so that's how you introduce the three characters as they show up and the real estate agent is like, you know, what's all this? Sparing uh -huh. um, of this building and you have them buy it. And I, it, there's a seat there that you carry all the way through the story, you know, so uh -huh, uh -huh, I can't. Uh -huh discuss yeah. it without spoilers but when we get to the end you can see why they why this particular building why this particular um uh -huh. location for these people yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, and you know the fun thing about it you do a book called Holmes Marple and Poe and then it's set in like 2024 2025 and you go like how, how does that and that's like a mystery for for all the readers too how what, what's going to happen here what's what's this all about what did you decide to do with Watson? Did you decide that Holmes needed a sidekick, or in this case, he already has two that you brought in? Well, we brought in a kind of a sidekick. There's a there's a uh, uh, NYPD uh, uh, person, a woman who's who's involved, and she'll be in the second book as well. So we have she's not really a sidekick per se, but she she operates that way a little bit. Well, you know, the truth is with all private detectives, at some point, there has to be an actual policeman if anybody's going to get arrested. I mean, private uh, can't can't do that. So it makes, if you look back at all these classic detectives, you know, Lord Peter Wimsey, it was his brother-in-law who was at Scotland Yard. Uh, you know, I mean, it was always, we had an inspector Jap for Poirot and Miss Marple's nephew, who was a cop, if I remember. And, you know, 
Poe, I'm trying to remember, it's been so long since I've read Poe, whether there was an I remember the one thing about Poe is he kind of, on some level, was very instrumental in terms of creating the, the early detectives. Mm -hmm. He had that one detective, uh, uh, Dupin, I think the name was. Yeah. Auguste in Perloin Bladder. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so he was, you know, not that he was the first, but he was right up there in terms of of uh, these very clever detectives who we we love uh, reading about because you know we we want things to, we want murders and problems to be solved we want the you know somebody solved the border problem we want these things resolved and uh and the nice thing about a lot of the murder books is we actually you get a resolution you get some satisfaction in your life by reading these stories so that's we need that we deserve it i hate that thing about guilty pleasures no one should ever feel guilty about reading a book ever thank you I maybe. agree. Now, if we could digress and I could ask you why you think that fantasy and romances are, you know, coming on in a huge wave. On my, I'm, in my day yesterday at the Boston Airport, I actually bought a copy of the first Rebecca Yaros in this new series because um, I'd run out of other things to read. That's really fascinating. I'm, I like it. I thought it was good. I, I agree. You know, I, I don't read a lot in that in that area, but occasionally, like Hunger Games to me, it just was a good story. Mm -hmm. uh, the original Aragon, who and he was a kid when he wrote it, was just right. well done, and and that's why I felt about the, 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 this other one with here. I thought that I, I read the first, I read the second one, but I thought it was a it was a good story. It was. It had lots of great sex. It also had dragons. He kills <laughs> pretty much. You know, the, the beauty of that thing is you just kept knocking people off <laughs> who you were kind of interested in. Whoops, he's gone. Oh, she's gone. Whatever. Why am I selling her book? Did she try to sell my book? No. The hell with those the Yarrow's books. This Holmes, Marple, and Poe. I, I find it an interesting trend, is all. You know, I mean, yeah. after uh -huh. 35 years doing this, what we know is that, you know, different genres come and go. I mean, yeah, yeah, historical yeah. fiction, when I was, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, you tripped over a Samuel Schellerberger or whatever it was, Thomas Castaigne, every five minutes. And then it all kind of went away, and all those historical fiction writers came in and wrote crime fiction. So we had all those great historical detectives like Brother well, what with With rom-coms, what'll happen, what can happen, because nobody's kind of policing them and helping them and editing and whatever, so a lot of them won't be very good, and, and, and some people will read them and be disappointed, and that will hurt that whole industry. You know, there'll just, there'll just be a lot of them where people go, yeah, it feels like the same book over and over and over again, or it's just not very well done. Because a lot of them are are self-published and whatever, which is nothing against that per se, but it's it's tricky. Uh, but but if people have a lot of bad experiences, they they sour on things. And I, I think some of that will happen with that with that category. I think it happens with all categories. Do you remember the Da Vinci clones? I mean, there was like five uh -huh, years uh -huh, afterward uh -huh. when all you got was a, another religious uh -huh. conspiracy thriller. And, you know, it, also part of it, Jim, don't you think it's just saturation? You know, it's like if that's all there is all of a sudden or, you know, people, I think, read a few of them and then they think they want something different. Yeah. So well, and when Da Vinci came out, it was very fresh. Yeah. I mean, he you know, was so obsessive about the details and the... And, and and a fair amount of good history. It's an interesting thing. I just, uh, as you know, I have a Michael Crichton book coming out in June, right? And um, the the estate and 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 Michael's widow came to me and they said, "Would you be interested in finishing this book that he had started?" And Michael loved Hawaii. And this and and I said, "Well, let me read the seventy or 80, 90 pages, whatever it was." 
And uh, and I read them and I said, yes, I, I would want it. Right. You know, one, because I want to know what's happened. And he was great. at. And the hook that he set there is that there's a volcano which potentially going to de destroy the island of Hawaii. But that's not the worst thing. There's something else there that's even worse. And I and, you know, and, and you don't know what it is because he never wrote it. But I said, well, that would be cool. I want I really want to I, I want to find out what's happening and I'm going to have to create it and write it and finish it. Uh, so, but but the, thing, the challenge for me, which which getting back to what we were talking about, is that you know his books, and to be true to them, uh, you have to have a lot of science. So so my I don't usually put a lot of history or science into my books, but in that book, there's a fair amount of a pretty delicious science about volcanoes and 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 that kind of thing, and it was fun, and it was different, and it was a new challenge. You do have fun doing this, don't you? That's oh, I love it. Giving sense, I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm very lucky. I've, so, I, I've said this before, but somebody said you're lucky if you find something you love to do, and then it's a miracle if somebody will pay you to do it. And and that's my that's my deal. I get to I get paid to do this. So Brian Sitz, tell me a little bit about Brian Sitz because he's a talentless. There's really no. I don't even know why I put his name on the cover. No, no, no. He he is. Uh, it's a really fascinating thing. Uh, we were friends. He was in advertising. Uh, he was a pretty good advertising writer. We got involved doing a kid show, uh, uh, and um, which won like six or seven Emmys. Uh, um, and um, uh, but he had never written any fiction at all. And I said, "Well, let's try something." So when I was doing the little book shots, we did one of those together. And he just has it. He has that gift. He of with in terms of who I write with, I mean, he's one of the best or the second best. He's really good, really talented. He doesn't know, he doesn't believe it, but he is. He just has that ability to to get right into a scene, write it well, just put enough description in, good dialogue. Uh, and and you know, and Holmes Marking Play, it's not an easy one to do. So it's it's challenging. And some of these you, you go like, well, this this is not going to be easy to write. And uh, so it, he's it's been a delight to work with uh, with him, and and he's and he's delightful too because he was off doing ind industrial films, which he didn't love. <laughs> so uh, so now he's uh, you know he's having fun, and I'm having fun, and I'm and it's it's very satisfying. He's a, and he's a he's a nice he's a very nice human being. To write these three characters, you have to give them distinctive voices and distinctive uh -huh. personalities. So you know which of you. I mean, how do, how do you work together? How, who do you write them separately? Do you, you know, I never do these, but I mean, yeah, no. we somehow we make it work. And it really depends on the writer who I'm working with. Sometimes I'm doing a lot, sometimes less. Uh, the voice, I, it, it, always in the beginning, it's making sure that we have a voice. I mean, we're doing the the Idaho murders now with Vicki Ward. And and one of the things we're dealing with now is what's going to be the voice of this story? What's the voice? Where? What's? How are we? And uh, uh, you know, people go, "Oh, Jim's books are all the same because of the short." They're not. Huh. There, there's such a difference in the voice. I mean, yes, most of them do have shorter chapters, but Holmes Marple and Poe is is nothing like Alex Cross, which is much more violent. Uh, it's more of a cozy, you know, but, but I, mean, I think with good storytelling, but it, it, it's, it's a different, so the voice is, is very different. The voice, you know, with, with Mike Lupica, uh, on 12 months to live, very different. 
Uh, so, and, and I think that's part of the fun of it, but the voice is, is crucial, it's crucial, and then to figure that out. You've done a, such wonderful work with so many writers. I was thinking about Mark Sullivan, whose yeah. early thrillers I absolutely loved, and then, you know, he started writing with you, and then he went off and had his great idea for... Yeah, you know, yeah, he had a big hit, big hit, a couple of, of one monster hit and, and another big hit, too. Yeah, nice man, fun. Uh, he went to Hamilton, which is where my father went, upstate New York, and uh, and and my my best friend in Florida also went there. So, I almost went to Hamilton. I was a, a just kind of missed out on that, but you know. So when you're writing this kind of a book with these three detectives, you can't just have well or any mystery. It's hard to have just one storyline. You really need to have you know several things going on, and then sort of one big pull through case that yeah. you know, in the end. Well, you solved. you could do it with one case, but not not the kind of pace that I like. So it really keeps it hopping to have a few cases going, and and you do in this book. There are there are a few cases, yeah. Right. I mean, you know, Miss Marple. If you look at the Christies, look how short they are. You know, yeah. she 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 wanted she actually wanted people to be able to read one of her books between dinner and bedtime so that they didn't lose track of the plot. And uh -huh. her publisher used to sort of add the books he made to get signature now get the books because that was her so she wanted her You're you're frozen and the voice is coming a little weird now. So I hopefully that will Go ahead, try to talk. Eric, you might pop in here if my signal is weak. We always have this problem with weather. Patrick, you there? You're frozen, but it's a better freeze now. It's you look better. And now okay. now you're right. Okay, we're back. We did back. stay with us. Don't Sorry. let us don't let us freeze and start. It's building. actually <laughs> it's actually freezing in Scottsdale whenever that happens. Our signal here at our house. Oh, really? Okay. Really? Yeah. Freezing? Okay. I know. It's remarkable. Patrick, what kind of questions would you like to ask, or does the audience have it, just in case I unreliably freeze again? Um, let's see here. Or Jim can just interview himself. He know, I know he can. He's good at it. Can you talk a little bit about uh, about working with Dolly? Working with Dolly, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, the nicest thing about, for me, about working with Dolly and, and, and working with President Clinton and now working with uh, um, uh, Sherry Crichton, uh, the widow, is, is the friendships that have developed. And with Dolly, uh, right off the bat, I went down to Nashville and I was thinking maybe we'd do some kids' books. And I did have this one idea for Run, Rose, Run, the the uh, fiction that we eventually wrote and i started talking to her about it and we just headed off so nicely uh down there and and she's got a big sense of humor and she's pretty irreverent and i'm pretty irreverent so it was great and by the end of two and a half hours we just made the deal no agents no lawyers no nothing and then when the agents and lawyers found out they were like what what how could you make it you know yeah that that was the deal and we stuck with it um so it was a delight and a lot of back and forth. And she was very, she's a very good partner. Uh, obviously, you know, one of the great things about her involvement is just the authenticity about a struggling singer coming into Nashville and 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 making it. And what are the pro what 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 works against uh, a young singer or any kind of musician, whatever, uh, breaking into breaking into the music business. 
Uh, and similarly, the same way that President Clinton, in terms of the authenticity, uh, I'm actually doing another book with him now. And uh, he's just great in terms of, oh, no, here's what the Secret Service would actually do. And, and then doing some of the writing. And Dolly did some of the writing and some of the suggestions about how scenes might go. So it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, so many of her of her classic songs are, are story songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same way that Springsteen's are, you know, they. Yeah. So was yeah. she a natural? I should take one of the, so well, I mean, the, just in terms of, of, of what a buzzsaw she is. So I went down to Nashville. We agreed just be, with the two of us that we do the book. I left her a brief outline. Two days later, she returned. She, she had notes on the outline and she had written, written seven songs for the book, the book and whatever would follow. At that point, she wasn't planning necessarily to do, uh, um, you know, a music, but she decided to then record the songs, which was cool. So the book came out was the book and the song. I mean, they weren't together, but you could you could buy both or separately, whatever, whatever you wanted to do. Um, let's see. What series has been your favorite to write and what and what inspiration have you gained from that? Well, it, you know, it's really a mixed bag of you know, on the one hand. Uh, uh, you know, I'm always interested in, in what's going to happen with Alex. And I think, as I've said, we have a, a series with um, Amazon Prime Video that's been sh that's shot already. And uh, they tested it and it tested higher than anything. It's, it's very good. It's edgier than the books. Uh, it's more, a little more contemporary, I think. And I really approve of it. it they really did a, a terrific job. And I've seen all the episodes. So um, I'm not sure when, uh, probably April, I'm guessing April, May, maybe, you know, we'll see. It's hard to tell out there because the strike and they're all trying to juggle and figure out what goes what goes where. Um, but it did test through the roof. Um, and um, it was very lucky because um, originally they turned it down. And then uh, one of my partners from Skydance went, went to Amazon and they said, you're turning it down for the same reasons you... Just turned down Reacher and, and they said, okay, we'll green light it. <laughs> so they greenlit. And now they're very happy it did because it's uh it really it's 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 very nice, very good. We're also doing the um uh nonfiction and uh documentary and then a scripted on the Idaho murders. Oh wow. Yeah, uh, that's a weird one to do too. That's another one where you're the voice. What are you gonna do there? Are you good is 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 the is the potential, the possible uh, villain. I mean, are you going to make a big deal out of him or are you going to, I don't think we are. I think we're going to really try to deal with the tragedy for those towns and two colleges, you know, Washington State and uh, and, and the University of Idaho. I saw that they chose to destroy the house. Um, they did. Well, they did. Yeah, no, they, they tore it down, which is strange. On a lot of levels, you would think that the jury might want to, you know, go through there for one thing. It's a, uh, it, it, it's, it's overwhelming to those towns. It's such a, you know, I mean, for the prosecutor, the judges, the the the, the police department, I mean, they've never faced anything like that. The small town, things, you know, that stuff like this doesn't happen there. But at any rate, but it's it's. Uh, it's I think a, they were in part trying to discourage tourism. You know, people who wanted to. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Well, um, lots of luck with that because the trial hasn't even. The trial will draw incredible, uh, public more publicity than than they've had so far. Whenever the heck the trial is going to happen. <laughs> right. Has it been scheduled? Well, initially he wanted a speedy trial. And then he, I th he probably thought it over and went, wait a minute. Why do I want to be in a hurry 
to, uh, I mean, because right now his life is a lot better than it will be if he's convicted. He gets to see lawyers every day. He, you know, that, that'll all go away, you know, if he's convicted, which, you know, I don't know if he will or he won't. I assume he will be, but who knows? Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they bring in the McNaughton rules and any of the, you know, insanity defenses or whatever it is. Uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. You know, his lawyers are all playing legal games at the moment. Um, I went back and, and failed to ask Jim, because I'm going to ask him now. We said Holmes, Marple, and Pope, but it isn't actually Sherlock Holmes um, or Jane Marple. Or... So what, what do you call them? You've given them different first names. Yeah, they have different names. Here, here's a little piece just a, a, out of the book, just a sense of, of the reality of them. Holmes, Marple, and Poe in investigations, he said. He flicked the business card from his wallet with the flair of an illusionist. The client took it. Holmes, Marple, and Poe, she said, is that a joke? Holmes leaned over the desk. Absolutely not. We're private investigators, best in the world. So, uh, and, and the thing, and, and, and this is a game we'll, we'll continue to play through the series, which is they all claim to be descendants of, of uh, uh, Agatha Christie, um, uh, uh, Conan Doyle, and Poe, and who knows? But they all they all have you know very good explanations of why they are and and why they and, and they're all fans. They live together in this brownstone, and they have a, a huge library. And among and one of the things they have is all of the uh, the, the works associated with 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 Holmes, uh, uh, Christie, and and one of the I mean it, it's interesting with with Holmes because people would assume there were there were only four novels. Uh, which is, I mean, Christie. I think there were around twenty or so, uh, but only four, only four Sherlock. Oh, you think there'd be like twenty of those, but uh, that's not the case. No, well, it was mostly short stories because he wrote for the Strand magazine. Yeah. But even that, that was like uh, you know one burst of them. I think the, the short stories. I think they were all published around the same year. I think. Um, well, don't trust me, but no. I, I'm not lying. I'm just forgetful. <laughs> <laughs> it's a complicated story. But in any case, um, another question is, you know, here they are. Um, they buying this derelict building and they're saying they're private investigators. Where's the money coming from in this one? I don't know. Good for question. them. No, no, no. The money for them in order for them to be, you know, doing renovating. I don't know. The Maybe they inherited money from the Christie estate. I are they for the <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, good question. I I don't know. I don't know where. All I know is what's in the book, and that isn't in the book, so I don't know. It's just you know. That, no, that's I, like, I, you know the the third novel, the second one's done, but the third novel maybe we'll get into where you know where's the money come from. Good point. Well, it, it, for a long time. If you were the editor, we, we probably would have had to slide that in there somewhere. Back in the early days of crime fiction, there was a really popular. Um, investigative thing for they were clergy or rabbis or something and part of the reason was that a priest like father brown or a rabbi or whatever uh was already being paid you know he had a job he had a salary and so uh -huh, forth uh -huh. so if he wanted to investigate crimes nobody was saying you know um how can you just like lock up the bookstore and go off and investigate it was yeah, well, uh, first with what murder at the vicarage which was uh well, that was the first miss involved Marvel. 
The first, the first Miss Marple, yeah, 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 right. Yeah, the Poirot was different, but and Miss Marple was one of those genteel spinsters who had some kind of private income, and you know there there was a lot of that going on. My Marple's a little, a little, not quite as a little different, but and she's my favorite actually of the characters at Marple. I find uh, it so fascinating that you know it's been over. I mean, I I didn't read all Christie in real time because I'm not quite that old, but I have read most Christies in real time. And I, I just love the way that she still endures and can be uh, adapted, you know, uh, to like your contemporary character. And yet everybody really knows Jane Marple, mm -hmm. or in your case, Margaret Marple. Right. Well, and interesting, we had a little bit of an issue in England. So the title over there is Holmes, Margaret and Poe. Oh, the I'm not going to get into what the problem was, but there were, so we had to change the title there. Well, copyright is tricky. You know, I'm fascinated to see that Mickey Mouse has now come into the public domain. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a Len whole bunch Dayton, of Didn't he do a Mickey, with Mickey Mouse in the title? Was there a, a Len Dayton? That... I don't know. Was there, Patrick? I'm not. I haven't. Up the stars. Yeah. Anyway, you know, um, England has different copyright laws than we do. So heaven only knows how long. It was just. It wasn't that long ago, Jim, that Sherlock Holmes came into the public domain and you could have written, you could write about him for yeah. a long time. There was a trust that um, the Holmes the estates had set up and it went to a charity. And so uh -huh. they, were really, they were really tough about protecting their copyright, and not letting anybody write anything about Sherlock Holmes, but yeah. it passed. So that's where we are. Poe probably doesn't come into it. Patrick, any more questions that you might want to ask? Yeah. Well, it seems like there's a there's a real de desire for old school types of investigation, you know, classic, uh, you know, with all the technology that permeates everything around us, there's something refreshing about reading about detectives who- Newman's are, doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, boots on the ground kind of, you know, yeah. out there, casework. Um, Okay, a couple more questions here. It, it's it's not the most fun thing in the world to sort of make it all techy and stuff. It, right. It, yeah. A lot of a lot of PIs are just watching social media and <laughs> catching people that way. It's amazing. The old idea of a gumshoe is pretty obsolete at this point. You know, Archie Goodwin was out. Remember, he would go out of the brownstone, unlike Nero Wolf. There's another series for you. Yeah. Wolf, you know. Another iconic character. Love him. So Sharon would like to know, uh, do you read other fiction while you're working on a novel or do you find it distracting? Um, you know, yeah, I don't I don't find it distracting. I mean, there is always a danger that you'll start you'll suddenly you'll get a voice in your head that isn't the one you want because you're reading somebody. But for, for, for the most part, I don't I don't have that problem. But I, I have occasionally had that problem by reading somebody and the voice gets in my head. There's one of the writers that we work with on one of the TV things that we're developing. And this person has written a lot for television. And you can just, you know that that voice is in this writer's head and you don't want it <laughs> because it's just like, it's that TV voice. And you, you just go like, okay, it's very, I got it. I understand. And it's like, da -da 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 -da. and it always does that. No, we don't want to do, we want it. Da -da 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 -da. You know, variety. We want it to go places that we weren't expecting it to go. I do anyway. A little minor key in there sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So question from Facebook. Do you, are, are book reviews important to you? 
do you even pay attention? Oh, to I hate them. <laughs> uh, you know, look, if they're fair uh, and and the person is, is reasonable, it's an interesting thing about, you know, I, all of my, not all, but many of my my conservative friends think I'm way too liberal and my liberal friends think I'm too conservative. And I think the reason they think that is that I I can see the other sides of things. And, it, it, you know, where I'm going to ultimately vote, that's a whole different question. But I can see, you know, I mean, not to get controversial here, but I see both sides of the abortion issue if you're being honest about it. And and I don't I wouldn't have to vote unless obviously it was clear in terms of the candidates that that was a monster issue, which may happen this time. Or, uh, you know, if it comes up in your own life in terms of really having to make that. But I, I get both sides. Um, and and uh, that's one of the things that, you know, in terms of, of the way I look at, at the world. And that's why, you know, I actually can go on CNN and I can go on Fox and whatever, because, you know, I'm, I'm listening. I want to hear what you have. I, I, and I definitely want to hear what you have to say. You know, I want to hear uh, Nikki Haley's point of view. I want to hear Gretchen Whitmer's. I want to hear I want to hear. Yeah. Well, what do you stand for? What do you what's what's what, what do you how do you see the world? You know. Well, you or find it stand for anything, which I think is a critical question. Some of the that's time, a problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you find that people that are serious, and not even serious, just people that are readers and read a lot of fiction, uh, have that, or maybe you know they're exposed to different points of view that they might not be in real? You'd like to think, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I certainly all of my friends, you know, Lupe or whatever, I, I, they were all kind of somewhat, somewhat open-minded as opposed yeah. to they just see the world as this black and white. It's so obvious. And, you know, my view of the world is right and yours is wrong. I, I really, oh, I don't get it. It's like the book banning thing. You know, honestly, uh, you know, my notion is I don't want, somebody telling somebody who I don't know, telling my family members what they should read or shouldn't read. You know, you take care of your house. I'll take care of my house. I, I have, you know, if, if parents want to go, the kid brings home a book from the library, they say, we don't, we, you know, you're seven years old. I don't want you reading the hunger games. Okay. They can have that discussion. And that's a parent's right. Your parent. Uh, but to sit there and decide what should be in the library, you know, like a uh, maximum ride got banned in a couple of, of uh, counties in Florida. And like one one person came in and they said, okay, it's banned. What is that all about? That's like insane. And I'm Max cried, seriously? I mean, you know, come on. Why did they ban it? Just curious. No idea. And I don't think they did. They just said it's not appropriate. And, 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 the, and the county just banned the book. What? <laughs> They've given way too much. Power. They hadn't read it. They hadn't read it. They, you know, it's like, but, but that's, that's how crazy. I mean, are there occasional books come along, you know, how to be a Nazi at eight? Yeah, fine. Ban it. Um, but, but that should be rare. That should be rare in my opinion. You know, remember you, the anarchists cookbook and all that controversy. Uh, well, you know, I don't, they're not, they're not they even seem so quaint now somehow. Yeah. They're not even taking digital books into account. I mean, all this furor. Most of it is public libraries and school libraries and all, but you know that's not the only place that people can source books. So it's, yeah, it's a right. stupid effort, anyhow, because it's not like they can just erase it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And 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 the kids are they're dealing with much worse on the internet. And that's an even a good excuse. I don't even care about that. But the thing of it is, you know, I'll, I'll take care of my house. You take care of your house. Right. Right. 
Um, let's see here. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, do you have any any particular? Finally. Yeah. Well, they're all good. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, any particular publication day rituals? I drink a lot. Drink a lot. Drink a lot. I start in the morning on a publication. No, um, publication day rituals. I mean, invariably, like today, not invariably, but usually there'll be publicity things to do, like tonight, which is a lot of fun. Or this morning, we did Good Morning America, and, and we did um, Kelly and um, Kelly and Kelly and Mark, Kelly and Mark. Um, yeah, and that's kind of fun. And, um, you know, so that, that's a thing that you, but I don't have any, like, I don't do a little war dance or... Do you have your, your one cigarette that you allow yourself to Because I don't think God is really going to, and I don't think, and I'd be disappointed in God if it did answer stuff like make my football team win or uh, uh, or, or make my book go to number. Yeah, I, I'd be disappointed in God if I said, make my book number one. And, you know, no, don't do that. Just, you know, is take care still, of it. I know you've published a, a lot of books. All the studies get over, you know. Yeah, work on America. There's a lot of stuff you can do. Don't worry about my books. God, I know you've published a, a lot of books, but does it still is it still kind of gratifying to see the yeah. the first finished copy that comes? The whole thing, the whole thing. I, I yeah, I, you know, I I grew up in a small town in upstate New York, and one of the the joys of my life is I still see the world through the eyes of this kid from Newburgh, New York, and it's fun. I mean, we're doing this thing today. This is great, and some people are watching or listening or cursing us or whatever they're doing. Uh, and I have a book out and uh, that's incredible. And um, uh, it's probably sold a few copies today. And they're probably selling a lot more now, thousands now. And by the way, just to get back to that, buying a damn book, it's really good. And and by the way, you know, buy it in a poison pen because uh, it's a really good bookstore. One of the best. Thank you very much. Also, you will get an autographed copy. And I realized that I should have started this out by giving Jim a salute with my glass here, because today is publication day. Which, well, if so you know anything about publishing, is a little barks, bit unusual. Diet barks. It's not very exciting, is it? Well, still, publication. Barks, day, publication is that root beer? Boylan's. Boylan's root beer. Boylan's. Unbelievable. B-O-Y-L-E-N. Unbelievable. Really? Yeah, I get paid to pitch them, but so what? Yeah, no, no, it's it's really good. You know, I don't know if it's really an accurate level of measurement, but you've had you. There's been a lot of publicity coming from your publisher, from you, and whatever. And some, it seems to me, I have a new PR person. She's really good. She's so well, much. She is. No, she's great. But but one of the ways that as a bookseller, I can measure. How enthusiastic everybody is, you know, about a book is the amount of material that shows up. And this one, I mean, all your books obviously are very well published. That's not the issue. But this one's had more, you know, it's like an extra burst of um, of attention. And so that led me to think how much fun you're having with this, you know, because. Well, the, the, and the title sticks to the wall, which is you hear it once and you kind of, you know, it's your. Okay, I'm 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 aware of that, and I'm, I'm kind of curious about it. And, and you know, as I voice, I mean, it's a simple-minded thing, and it relates to covers, etc. You, you need a good cover because nobody has ever. It's not totally true, but nobody's ever bought a book that they didn't pick up. <laughs> you got to pick up. If you don't pick them up, it doesn't sell. You know, of course, online now you can do it, but. Uh, 
So on this cover, we, we have a larger figure and then two smaller ones. Who's the biggest one? Is it Holmes? I believe it is, yes. I think it is, right. And then we, Helen Gray or Helene, which, how do you want to pronounce her name? H-E-L-E-N-E, -E -E. she's the detective. However you want to do it, because I learned from the movies, because they asked me at one point how I pronounce Gary Sinegi's name, and I told them, and then, of course, they called them Sonji in the movie. So whatever you want to say. Helene, Helen, Helena, Helena, but all, they're all good. Well, she's an excellent character. Yeah, um, she is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked she, her very she much. Continue. She will continue. She's in it. She gets even more interesting in book two. Excellent. And but remember, you can't read book two. You got. You should start with book one. Yeah. Um, there's a question about: Do you have any plans to to go to the UK to do any promotion? Um, not, no, yeah, I haven't been there in a while. You know, ever since COVID, I, everything sort of slowed down and, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to get back there, but I, no plans at the moment. Maybe how, some many, how many countries are your books published in, Jim, right now? No idea. I don't know. A lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. if you sold over 375. 73. I don't know. Yeah, I know it's over 400. Come on, let's call it what it is. I don't know. I don't know. Right. But my point is, you can't actually go to all the countries, you know, reasonably can't go to all the countries where your books are published. So I don't want to go to all the countries where my books are published. <laughs> that too. Right. Do you have a room in your house for all your foreign language copies? Because, you know, publishers no. generally do send authors copies of their works in all kinds of well, languages. Well, sometimes we just say, that's okay. Don't you don't need to send it anymore? I mean, that's one of the problems because there's some, I, you know, I need a house, but not a room in the house i'd need a house you're so, all right it gets, it gets kind of braggy you know if you're all the books in here it's just all your books i do what i do have which is fun for me i have about 150 i don't know what the number is in my office of books that just have influenced me a lot which range from mr bridge and mrs bridge and um 100 years of solitude to um you know some real commercial you know, Eye of the Needle, whatever. But it's a real mix. Uh, and some books that people have. Dice Man, do you remember that? No. Dice Man's cool. It's a cool book. Anyway, but some books that you haven't, you know, that for whatever reason, it, it, it had a, it had an effect on me. Different books like that, you know. Was that Evan S. Connell that did the Mr. and Mrs. Bridge? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's too separate. Up here separate. on the wall is, is a copy of Thriller. Do you remember Thriller was the first? Yeah, I do. I do. You were the editor. Um, it was the first publication for the International Thriller Writers Association. It was Jim yeah. Spoon, a founding member of In Supporting. And I think rather than having Jack Carr and Silva up there, you might have, you know, like one of the, the big folks. But that's, you know, that's okay. That's all right. Whoever you have, your guardian angels, it's cool. I rotate them, truly. Oh, do you? Okay, good. That's sure, good. I do. No, no, definitely so. Well, we're almost um, at the hour there. So, Patrick, we probably need the last question since Jim does need to leave us and move on to a different da -da -da -da. Da -da. Although a lot of people are coming up saying how much they like Boylan's products. So, uh, oh, okay. Black cherry soda is supposed to be excellent. So, okay. Right. Now, Boylan's, uh, feel free to send us a a case down in Florida. Thank you very much. Right. right. Um, with all the books that you published, is there still something, a, a type of a genre of novel that you haven't attempted that you'd like to? 
I, no, I, you know, I, it's always the same thing. I, I, I want, you, you want to do one of those novels, you just go, oh my God, that was, um, that one worked out exactly how I want it to work. I'm very happy with 12, uh, 12 Years to Live. That series to me is really turned out well. Uh, 12 Years to Live and then Eight Years to Live, Four, four Years to Live over the next uh, three. I, I think we'll probably change the titles, but um, but but I like that. And, and it, you know, I did the autobiography, whatever, a year and a half ago, whatever it was. And um, that really got me concentrating more on the language and, you know, because I knew people would crucify me if it wasn't good. Um, and that's helped. So, uh, so since then, a lot of them, you know, not everything turns out great, but I'm very happy with, as I said, the 12 month series, the Crichton turned out really well. And um, uh, this, I, I like Holmes, Marple and Paul, and it's very different for me, that book too. Um, and it's good, you know, at my age, being in my forties to, you know, be doing some of the best work I've done, at least in my own mind. So I'm sure Biden and Trump feel the same thing as they get a little older, but you know, you're exercising your brain, which is the route uh, to successful. Maybe, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely true. Are you planning on more nonfiction projects? I mean, I do think you've done some. Well, we've got the, you know, as I said, the the uh, librarian, uh, booksellers and librarians, the secret lives of booksellers and librarians, uh, coming in April, uh, which will be a lot of fun, and we're going to travel around a little bit for that because it's it's good because it draws attention to all the hard work that that you all do and the. And and the threats and the, some of the stuff that's going on, which is kind of crazy, uh, librarians being fired and you know what, <laughs> for for you know uh, standing by and and refusing to ban books, um, you know so yeah, there, there's there's some things that are coming up that are going to be fun. Hopefully, it'll be out in our our neighborhood. That'll be great. It would be wonderful to see Good you see again. again. Yeah, we've been lucky that Jim has come to the store several times over the course of however many years. Well, this is our thirty fourth year. Well, so. I love the store, and and I also I love that area. It's really a fun. It's it's a great area to to go golf. visit. Golf is a key, right? Anyway, uh, congratulations to Jim on publication day once again. Uh, today being that day, Monday, January eighth. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank oh, you thank you for joining us. And so I'm wishing Thanks. everybody a belated happy new year and right. um and a chance to pick up Home to Marple and Poe. Right, with a book plate, indeed. Thanks very much, Jim. Good night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Patrick. Hello. We hope you're enjoying our programs and podcasts with authors. We'd like to expand them, and your help would be appreciated. Please make a donation at poisonedpenfoundation.org. 100% of the proceeds will go to help connect authors with readers in this difficult time. Thank you.